Five years ago, a young Christian CEO decided to boost his company's minimum wage to $70,000. We'll tell you what happened next. Also, new data explores why religious groups are losing faith in modern medicine. And finally, checking in on Mark Wahlberg's Marky Mark. He's got plans for Lent. We'll tell you what he said. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's relevant. It's relevant daily. Relevant daily. Relevant daily. It's relevant daily. Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Carey. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersections of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, I'm going to tell you that today's episode of Daily is brought to you by our church leadership podcast, Called. Each week on Called, church leaders, activists, and innovators, including John Eldridge, Julia Veach, Rob Hoskins, Eugene Cho, Rebecca Lyons, N.T. Wright, Darius Daniels, Kim Walker-Smith, and a ton of others talk about ways that pastors and church leaders can make a greater impact in their communities. We also discuss things like soul care, protecting marriages and in ministry, worship, and a ton more. We are right in the middle of season two right now. We have some incredible conversations coming your way. If you're in church ministry or know someone who is, you're definitely going to want to check out Called. It's a, it's a great way to not only get insights from church leaders from across the spectrum, but also to be further equipped to to make an impact. So check out Called. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. All right. To tell us about today's stories, it's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Tyler, happy Friday, man. Hey, happy Friday, Jesse. All right, Tyler. So first up, I want to talk about the CEO who made a dramatic decision about how he pays his employees. This this uh, story was posted on the site. It blew mm-hmm. up. Tyler, tell us tell us the, the kind of give us kind of the backstory on Dan Price. Yeah, so Dan Price is the CEO of Gravity Payments. It's a card payments company. He founded it when he was a teenager, and it has since made him a millionaire. He'd done very well. He owned a big, very pretty house that overlooked Pudge. Sound. He'd been presented with the National SBA Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award by then President Barack Obama. But then, five years ago, he had a revelation while talking to some of his employees when he realized that his personal success hadn't translated to them at all. The cost of living in Seattle was and obviously remains very high. And even some of his employees who were making a lot of money uh, by his stand, $40,000, were struggling to make ends meet for their families. Price was struck by the inequality of the situation and realized he could do something about it. He's a Christian. He told the BBC that he's deeply concerned by the way greed governs American society. Uh, The top 1% of Americans have more money than the bottom 50%. He says, quote, we're glorifying greed all the time as a society in our culture. And you know, the Forbes list is the worst example. Bill Gates has passed Jeff Bezos as the richest man. Who cares? So Tyler, he had that he was this millionaire. He's recognized for all his success, but he sort of had this revelation about inequality, particularly inequality when it comes to the people that were doing the work that made him Mm -hmm. so wealthy. So after this revelation, what did he do? He decided to be the change. He took a huge pay cut, gave up his stocks and savings, mortgaged his houses, and made an announcement to his employees. From now on, $70,000 would be the minimum wage for any Gravity Payments employees. He arrived at that number because he read a Princeton study that found that was the optimum salary for $70,000. is the optimum salary for happiness. Now, Tyler, I remember a few years ago when this story was making headlines, it was one of those kind of feel good stories. But a lot of people would say uh, were saying at the time, OK, just give it some time. Wait uh-huh. before you, before you, you celebrate this. Let's see how this turns out. Well, five years have passed. What what what's the result then? 
it's done really well. His company is twice as big. His business has tripled. And most importantly, according to him, his employees have started raising families of their own. Before the shift, uh, there was only one or two babies born every year amongst his team. In the five years since then, there have been 40 babies born. That is, that's crazy. I mean, what crazy. A, yeah. So, but, you know, kind of tell us why this story is so surprising. I mean, obviously the company has the means to pay their employees, but why is the success of this so surprising to so many people? Well, it really goes against the whole idea of the, of the free market and capitalism, right? There was, he says, quote, there was a little bit of concern among pontificators out there that people would squander any gains that they would have. Uh, he said at the time, Rush Limbaugh told his radio listeners that, quote, I hope this company is a case study in MBA programs on how socialism does not work because it's going to fail. And Price says, We've really seen the opposite. Uh, he had hoped his example and its success would lead to broader, more systemic change among how Americans think about money and minimum wage. Uh, he says he's kind of disappointed. That hasn't really happened. Obviously, the wealth gap has only gotten worse in the five years since then, not better. But he says he's seen the personal benefits and the gratitude of his employees. They even banded together. Uh, he'd been driving the same Audi for about 12 years, uh, and he, he got rid of his nice cars after he took that pay cut. So he just had an old one. His employees got them together, and they bought him a new Tesla. So they're, they're putting oh, their own salaries to pretty good work, too. Yeah, so I'm assuming that even though he's probably not as wealthy as he could be, no. uh, he, that he doesn't regret this, right? Is that what he explained? Yeah, he's really honest about it, too. He says, quote, I'm the same age as Mark Zuckerberg, and I have dark moments where I think I want to be just as rich as Mark Zuckerberg, and I want to compete with him to be on the Forbes list, and I want to be on the cover of Time magazine, making lots of money. All these greedy things are tempting. But he says, but... My life is so much better. And I think that given the year that Mark Zuckerberg has had, that is probably true. Hard to argue with Dan Price here. All right, Tyler. Cool story. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool story. People can read more over relevantmagazine.com. All right, Tyler, next up, a concerning new study says many mm -hmm. religious groups are losing faith in modern medicine. Tell mm -hmm. us about it. Yeah, not a story you really want to hear right now. As Americans brace for a potential coronavirus outbreak on our own shores, it's a good time to look at just how much faith we have in medicine. Experts and doctors are issuing preventative measures like maintaining high standards of personal hygiene, taking care of yourself if you get sick. Uh, all very good things that, that obviously are supposed to, to be very, very helpful in the event of a potential coronavirus outbreak here. But how much faith do Americans really have in modern science? The answer when it comes to religious groups is a little concerning. For Protestants in particular, it's in sharp decline. Assistant Professor of Political Science Ryan Burge has released the results of his own data analysis, which suggests that while several religious traditions have steadily lost their faith in medicine over the last several decades, the plummet is particularly sharp among Protestant groups. Tell what's the what's the actual numbers say? Okay, so evangelicals have seen their confidence in medicine nearly have since 1973, from 60.1% of evangelicals saying they had a great deal of confidence to just 31.5% in 2018. Black Protestants have seen nearly as sharp of a decline, with 52.9% saying they had a great deal of confidence to just 27.2%. Uh, among the groups surveyed, actually, only Jews experienced an increase in their confidence in medicine. They rose from 42.2% saying they were confident to 48.7%. 
mainline Protestants and Catholics both saw roughly a 10% drop in their confidence from 1973. And it should be noted, this isn't just religious groups. Uh, people who, Americans who say they have no faith in particular, said their confidence dropped from 49.3% in 73 to 40.9% in 2018. So going down across the board. Tyler, the, the numbers are really interesting and, and can probably indicate a lot of different things. Do the researchers know why? Like what's leading to this kind of lack of decline in faith in medicine? Yeah, no, not really. And didn't really get into this in this particular study. I did notice a, a tweet from Burge and the replies to his study where he suggested it might just be part of the broader trend of a general loss in institutions in general in America, whether religious institutions like churches, political institutions like the like the double party system, or yes, scientific institutions. You can see some evidence for that and like skepticism around things like climate change and vaccines. So. This could just be part of the, and sort of, sort of uh, some of the burn we've seen from big pharma uh, bleeding into their trust in general in modern medicine. So hopefully uh, we, we can at least muster enough faith in modern medicine to take some preventative measures in case of the, the sort of the health scare we're facing collectively as a country right now. Yeah. Well, Tyler, finally, our old friend, uh, he's been in the magazine. Mm -hmm. He's friend beloved- of the Friend of the pod, mostly beloved worldwide, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> has announced his plans for, I mean, who doesn't like Marky Mark? He makes a great cheeseburger, has announced his plans for Lent. I'm assuming the second involved cheeseburgers. He is a Catholic, so he's probably eating. I, I don't know if Wahlburgers is serving fish sandwiches. They might yeah, be. You wonder. But you want, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to assume they are. Uh, tell us what Mark Wahlberg is planning for Lent. Yeah, so like millions of people all over the world, Mark Wahlberg began his observation of Lent on Ash Wednesday. He's a devoted Catholic, and it looks like uh, the, the video that we have, this is a visual slice, we have it posted at relevantmagazine.com. The priest really went to work on his forehead. There's a serious cross there. But even more serious is Wahlberg's own commitment. He says that instead of giving things up for Lent, he plans on doing more. Here's what he said. People always ask, what are you going to give up for Lent? And I think more importantly, let's try to do more, more love, more peace, more acceptance, more caring and more kindness. Have a beautiful Lenten season. God bless you all. I'll see you on Easter. Love you. So he says he'll see us on Easter. That makes it sound like he might be giving up social media for Lent, but it's cool to see that he's also planning on uh, just being in general, spreading out, spread more love and positivity on the world. We could definitely use it. Uh, he's not one for half measures. He actually talked to Relevant, like he said, last year, and he told us that he gets up at 2.30 every morning to pray. He said, quote, there are so many things that I think about that I pray about. Those that are less fortunate, those that don't have God in their life, and all the responsibilities that I have as a husband been as a father. There are a lot of things that I need help and guidance on. I can lock in on what's important and what I need to focus on and then especially express my gratitude. So uh, a happy, a, a blessed Lenten season to Mark Wahlberg and to everybody who's observing out there and our listeners. And uh, we'll see you all on Easter too. Tyler, thanks, man. Thanks, Jesse. One more thing. Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> I resisted it. Mark Wahlberg. It. I resisted it. It's a Mark it, Wahlberg joke. It's a Mark <laughs> I, I, Wahlberg yeah, I got story it. Line. I got it. Have a good weekend, everyone. Hey, listen, you can read uh, more about those stories and everything else we're covering over at relevantmagazine.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter and all our other podcasts. You're not going to want to miss everything we're doing. Seriously, we're doing a lot, and we appreciate your support. Hey. 
Remember, we're here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily. Go enjoy your weekend.